Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, I'm sitting down with Jay Downton. Jay is an entrepreneur here in Edmonton, and I just want to share his bio before we bring him on screen uh, because it's a good one. This guy has done a lot of interesting things, and so I think you'll be interested to understand his backstory a little bit. So Jay is a passionate Edmontonian. He's a committed or is committed to play a role in helping make Edmonton a global 10. In 2007, he co-founded OilersNation.com and the Nation Network. And so for all of you sports fans out there, you have come across, I'm sure, an article or many um, that have been basically pushed out through Oilers Nation or the Nation Network. In 2010, Jay was appointed president of Oodle Noodle, uh, playing, or sorry, applying the skills he learned from specializing in franchise financing at ATB, for which he was awarded the president award in 2010 for highest corporate sales in his position. Since taking the helm, his guidance has led Oodle Noodle to become a 14-store local chain. Jay's passion for Edmonton and its River Valley led him also to be one of the co-owners of Little Brick Cafe. This became the catalyst to fuel Jay and his team to help build more River Valley amenities, which led to the creation of River Valley Company, which aims to play a part in building more community amenities and support and development of outdoor tourism in Edmonton's River Valley. Jay counts Dog Patch Yag, Bread and Butter Bakery, and now the Duchess Bake Shop, all part of his portfolio of businesses. So welcome to the show, Jay. I'm excited to have you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. And I guess I got to update. It's Oodle Noodles now at 17 locations, we're very proud to say. so. 17. Amazing. Is it all just in Edmonton or have you expanded outside of Edmonton yet? So we're 15 Edmonton area and we're just starting our Southern Alberta expansion. So we've got a store in Airdrie and following the same Edmonton model or following the same models we did in Edmonton and Calgary uh, with Whiteout being our first store open here. We just opened up on 17th Ave in Calgary. Very, very cool. And so is it all franchise or do you have some corporate stores or how does that work? Uh, so it's it's now uh, a strictly a franchise model except for, um, so Sonny, the founder, his last name is Fam. Um, so we have two family stores um, in the network that uh, when we came and joined Sonny uh, and uh, his factory um, that were his and his brother-in-law stores. So those are still in the ecosystem they're still, they contribute to the whole franchise system, but they're just not franchisees. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, I'd imagine that he and possibly those stores are used for a lot of uh, product development and research and so on too. Is that uh, kind of the model that you guys use with those corporate stores? Sunny's test kitchen. Yeah. We yeah. actually run a test kitchen out of his factory. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. And so how long have you been involved with Oodle Noodle then? Home. Uh, so, yes, I joined. Like I joined as the uh, and founded the uh, franchise company in 2010. Okay. Um, so you know, but the work started in 20, 2009 when uh, Sunny presented us the opportunity to partner up and franchise and come up with a, the franchise concept for Rudel Noodle. So yeah, but officially, formally, was uh, in 2010. Okay, and there was two locations at that time. Then was there, and then now you have been uh, involved since then. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, very cool. Well, before we get into, you know, all of the different businesses that you've been involved in, I always really like to ask this one question right off the start with all my entrepreneurs. And that is, if you could, you know, dig into the your back experience of being an entrepreneur um, all these years with all the different types of ventures that you've been working on, what are three things that you think that every entrepreneur needs to know that might help them be more successful or be more prepared for this entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. Um, I think I was going to put it to three things. Uh, I think patience, be patient, uh, is very important. It's a long journey. Uh, you know, there's no such thing as quick wins. So patience is something very important. You need to subscribe to, uh, and hang on to. Uh, at some point, so when you're on your journey, when things are uh, maybe on fire. Um, the other one is in, in, in kind of the segue off of fires is just failing fast mm. and, fa and, and knowing that failing's okay. Um, and, you know, these are, these are things that uh, help build you and shape you uh, going forward. Uh, you know, if you can, and, and, and you should know that you can persevere through them. Uh, and then honestly, this one's this for me is, is having like a basic, knowledge level knowledge of accounting mm. um you know <laughs> i see it with other entrepreneurs like not not knowing their pnl or knowing what it means or not even wanting to look at it um you know there's a lot of good information there for you to help kind of guide and manage so by no means saying like go and become a cpa but for me it's something i always kind of point to it's just you know i went to nate uh and you know i i, I, I reference those you know those uh, two years of uh, accounting classes, or sorry, I guess the one year where I took two accounting classes. I, uh, the basic knowledge I uh, I was able to get from that that I apply still to this day was was kind of powerful. So yeah, just getting a little understanding. We have to wear many hats. So yeah, for me, so for me, like that's when I always that was a tool I always kind of went back to. Yeah, yeah, it, knowing the numbers is so important, right? Because if you well, don't, it's important, have... yeah, it's important, like. <laughs> yeah. A lot of a lot of entrepreneurs are cowboys, right? And like I'm a cowboy, but like, and I used to kind of be it too. I used to be scared to look at the PL because it's like, oh my god, I just like I, I know it's probably disgusting, but and I just got to keep forging ahead. But like, where is it disgusting, and what do I need to fix, or like, what do I need to understand that's a you know a, a potential fire or or, or 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 a grenade that's about to go off if I yeah. ignore this any longer? But you know, it's that's it's that's kind of the renegade spirit of of of, a, of being an entrepreneur, but just not being afraid to look at it and kind of having an understanding of what it is you're looking at helps. Yeah, I know. I know. I can relate completely because there's been stages of my business in which I do not want to see. <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, for sure. So now let's go right right back to the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey. So that was not actually listed in the. Um, you know, the description there, the bio that uh, I read out, but the first venture that you had was a restaurant and that restaurant when you were, you know, kind of ties into, into what you said earlier around failing fast. Um, so that was also a failure, your first entrepreneurial failure, right? And so talk to me a little bit about that uh, business and what you were trying to achieve and why it didn't work. Yeah, it. Uh, so actually, my real first business, like in terms of just like hustle as a kid to try to fund lifestyle in school, was uh, we put on and ran a pub crawl company before you know they were really a thing, uh, and got a lot of joy of providing an, uh, an entertaining experience, um, and you know use those you know 
funds from that to pay for school and also just fund my lifestyle being a 19, 20 year old. Um, so having a lot of fun and wanting to provide like an entertainment and kind of hospitality environment uh, was kind of the motivation of going into this venture. And uh, so we, we launched like a, like a restaurant pub, but it was with a live music focus and that within that live music, it was a blues music focus um, for the sole reason of just like, we didn't want the drama of owning like a nightclub or anything like that, you know, as kind of nightclubs were and, and bars were back in those days. We want to just, you know, uh, create, uh, create an experience and attract just, you know, uh, really quality clientele uh, from just a safety perspective and less drama and just, you know, uh, hopefully provide a good experience there. But, you know, the issue was I've never run a restaurant uh, and I don't like blues music. Uh, so <laughs> that was quickly a recipe to fail, but, you know, you know, fought hard to try to keep it going, pivoted, you know, try to pivot last minute once we realized like, what are we doing? Um, and also recognizing that when it's, when it was things I, I didn't really care about, you know, not having the fire to go that like extra fight for that extra inch or go that extra yard to try to push something to a goal line or to get something off the ground. Cause I myself wasn't, you know, I guess overly excited because I wasn't thinking of me being the end, being the end user in mind. Because if I am, then I'm a little bit more motivated because I'm really this is something I want. So if I want it, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it. So yeah, you know, it, it was you know, you know when we did the debrief of it because you know it was a 18 month project or 19 month project. You know, when we shut the doors and you know had our tails between our legs and lost some money. Um, you know, I thought that was it for me. I'm like, okay, that was my shot at business. I don't know what I'm doing. Clearly, I don't have the 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 the, I don't know, the the motivation to go and do the things that you need to do to get a business off the ground. But then, you know, you go through that morning process, and you kind of like, you know, a month goes by, a couple months go by, and you're like, well, like, okay, let's maybe look back and really think about what this really was and maybe why it didn't work. And maybe, maybe there is something you can learn from this to kind of go forward. And it was, you know, doing that kind of audit was just like, well, dude, you didn't even like what this was. So like <laughs> you set yourself up for failure right from the get go. So like, what if it was something you liked, like go back to pub crawls. Like we needed pub crawls. Like you're picking up the phone, you're doing all your hustling. You did all this work to try to get a hundred people to buy tickets to come on a bus. Like, and you're, you're able to do it just by sheer brute force. So like, how come we weren't able to do it for this? And I'm like, well, it's because it wasn't, you know, it obviously did not resonate with me. Um, and so I wasn't willing to go do that. And it's amazing how that disables you like that when it's not something you care about. So, you know, kind of once, you know, that kind of epiphany happened and it's like, okay, well then the next thing I do can only be something I really care about or something that means a lot to me. And, uh, you know, then me and my business partner kind of both had that same epiphany and then started, you know, going back to the laboratory about what it is we can do. And, you know, that's where all roads led to, you know, the, the, the launch and start of Oilers Nation was just, it was the, it was the learnings from Blue Chicago, the never again, what can we take from it? Uh, and now let's go do something fun, fun to us, because we think if it is, we will do everything it takes to get it off the ground and, have it, uh, you know, have a chance of success. Yeah. Yeah. And before we get into the Oilers nation, um, I'm, I, I think it's really important for us to talk a little bit about that 
failure and, and how do you persevere through that? So like you said, you were basically ready to kind of hang up your entrepreneurial spurs, so to speak, uh, being, uh, you know, the cowboy that you were, I guess, at the time. But um, and and yet you you didn't after some time. So why did you want to continue being an entrepreneur? Why did what in you possessed you to have that? Because you also had, you know, a great thing going on with the bank as well, right? Yeah, well, and also the, the bank, uh, like I, I was in business banking. So you got to see, you know, and interact with all these people that started businesses and, 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 and you see a lot of yourself in them um, as well. And it's like, it, it, it just was always, it was just always within me. I just knew that at some point, like after I got through the, you know, the gravity of the grieving process of, of my failure and realizing that this, whoa, Jay, this is actually, you know, a real life MBA you just got. And now let's actually turn this negative into positive and have it fuel you and be your kind of guiding light on your go forward on, you know, okay, you know, these mistakes not to make, so let's go find new ones to make and then be able to quickly learn from those. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how, you know, you kind of just give yourself some time and then, you know, yourself, you, you yourself come back to light. And then you just kind of use that to now be a, a motivating factor for you to go back out. So I just always knew, like, once I got through that grieving process, I was gonna jump back into this space. Um, it just, it, I was always attracted to it. Um, so it was just a matter of, of, of time. And I had to go through a process because I did think it was going to be never again. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I remember I, I explicitly remember like driving, you know, down, um, 87th Ave towards the 142nd street traffic circle and literally saying that to myself in my head being like, well, Jay, that was your chance. And like, I remember that drive like that. I like it's vivid. And, and, and I rifle back to that sometimes, but like it stayed with me Well, it stayed with me forever, but like it really it really stayed with me. Yeah. Yeah. So was your family entrepreneurs? Like wh where did this uh, desire come from? Do you think to be an entrepreneur? Uh, yeah. My, my, my dad was, uh, uh, he, he, he dabbled a bit and took some, some big risks and he had some wins early on and some, and some uh, losses along the way. So I saw kind of the, you know, the, the work ethic that it <laughs> takes to kind of push something and get something off the ground and also, the will, the, the ability to kind of um, uh, put yourself out there to make stuff happen and just all the activities around that, whether it be raising money or, you know, business development or just like, you know, fighting for permits, you know, in, in real estate and stuff and, and with the, some of the stuff that he did. So, you know, there was uh, there was a little bit of that in the DNA for sure. And, you know, I saw both wins and losses growing up, which was also kind of like a okay, well, let's, let's learn from that and let's kind of hear what happened and kind of come to my own um, ideas as to what that means to me and how to, to apply that knowledge, uh, both good and bad. Yeah. So now a lot of our uh, listeners are international and so they wouldn't have any experience with Euler Nation or the Nation Network. Can you give us a little bit of an overview as to what you've created there? Yeah, so we're uh, we're a digital sports media uh, company, uh, content company, and lifestyle brand. Uh, so we started uh, as one site, being based in Edmonton and being Edmonton fans. Uh, we based uh, we we created a, a, a blog at the time, 
that still blogs are around, but just at the time, that's what uh, they're predominantly called. Just sort of being being a fan focused uh, hockey content brand for the team that we love in our city, thinking there was room on the shelf. There was a time um, when you know it was just mainstream media kind of telling you what to think, and so we wanted to bring something that had a, a, a fan vo- voice and fan focus to it. And then you know, fast forward to today, um, you know, we've been able to knit together a, a ten site. Uh, network of website properties off of that we've now built out uh, a robust channel of shows we now have 16 shows in our ecosystem um, podcast and video shows because now in the world we live in a, a podcast is a video property and a video property is a podcast yeah um, and we and now building it out as we're rolling up uh, continue to roll up uh, hockey content uh, uh, within the NHL from a league-wide standpoint you know, with uh, other sites and one one in particular, we have our, our roll-up brand called Daily Faceoff, which is the brand that we're going to leverage to um, roll up uh, NHL-wide content. And then we still have our team sites in, in Canada um, that we're continuing to build and go deeper in because we we are Canadians. We understand uh, the, 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 the currency and language of hockey and the ability to kind of build uh, fun communities around um being a fan of your team. Uh, so, you know, high level digital, you know, sports media company, and it kind of gets kind of down to the grassroots uh, with some of our brands and also, you know, the reach that we have with, uh, you know, brands like Daily Face Off and whatnot. So. Yeah. And so for a Canadian boy myself, you know, this is kind of like a, a dream situation where you basically get to create this company in which all you do is talk about, you know, hockey and your and, and the team and what's happening on and off the ice there and the trades that are going to be coming up and and are we going to make the playoffs or not. And and so. I know that that's where the passion came from when you were talking about trying to find something that you could infuse that passion that would force you to 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 really take it as far as you possibly could and give every every ounce of energy that you had in it. Um, how thought out was that in the early days of it? Because this was back in 2007, I think it was, right, when you started. Yeah. And so this really predates... Uh, you know, our modern kind of uh, user generated content, uh, fan based content like this is this is really you guys were pioneers in this. And so how did you come up with the idea? And was this the vision that you always had or did it just kind of meander into what it is right now? It kind of, yeah, like it, 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 it. it meandered into it and then once we kind of like well we got something here then we realized okay well we need to like think of this at, from a different level and about where it could really go like the v1 business plan of, of weathers nation was to create this you know um fan focused like content site which was article focused and twitter wasn't really around then or it was just coming to be a thing our twitter was our comment section and like create community in the comment section and, like you know, engage with people there. Yeah. And then also maybe we thought we could do events where we brought the comment section into a room and watch the game together and kind of like build out the elements from that with, you know, our, our success metric being, can this pay, make my car payments? Can this buy me season tickets? And can it pay for a golf membership? If it does this, then this is a home run. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, what happened is like, you know, we started and, and it, it took about, you know, um, probably six months to start getting some uh, traction 
from things we're doing, but also we're able to attract awesome talent to come and join us as well to help move the needle. And then all of a sudden we've got this really busy site and we're like, well, shit, can we, this is working good here. Can we deploy this model in other markets? So then we, we, we started kind of, you know, then we went to Calgary and launched, then we went to, to Vancouver and launched, we went to Toronto and launched and not physically launched, just launched from Edmonton and then partnered up with, uh, you know, creators there to, to support those brands and then still trying to get an understanding of like, okay, like these sites are going okay, but they're not to the level of Weathers Nation. So like, what is the, what's the, what's the secret sauce of Weathers Nation and how do we kind of find a way to scale that? And a lot of it was based on the fact that we're in Edmonton and we're always fans. So we just care about this site more than the others. And then, you know, realize that and then bring on people that help uh, address our weaknesses there and bring that same passion to those brands um and then you know start seeing a lot of success there and then from there you know that unlocks resources and from those resources we do acquisitions uh to bring in brands into the ecosystem that have large audience and community themselves and kind of keep knitting together while we're also doing our kind of organic efforts to to build out our audience and, and and revenue from from our team site brands that we had so it kind of like once we once we kind of saw that we can launch in other markets and then once we realized what the what we're doing in Edmonton that unlocks that like that size and scale that we're able to unlock here, then we've started to deploy those learnings to the other markets. And then, you know, you use the, the momentum from that to, like I said, to fund acquisitions, to bring on other partnerships um, and all that stuff to then, you know, get us to where we are today, you know, which is, uh, you know, we're a 10 site network. We're generating 30 million pages a month and we're talking to five to 6 million users a month. Yeah. Um, all off of something that started as a, you know, an, an Oilers rant blog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just to give a little bit more scope for people so they understand how substantial this business became, uh, you, um, you know, six months ago or so um, have sold the company um, and it's $15 million is what that sale price was. And so um, I know you're still intimately involved with it and, and will continue to be so. Um, but just so everybody has an understanding as to this, to what has been growing here. And, and I'm really curious, like uh, in those early days when you were thinking, you know, like if I could just have it cover off some of those expenses and get those season tickets and so on. I mean, obviously you're able to get to that point. How long did it take you to get to there? And then from there, how, did you ever envision it ever being, you know, what it is today? So, yeah, how long did it take you to get to the place where you got oh. your season tickets paid for? <laughs> um, season tickets actually took a little bit longer um, than planned just because they got so expensive. Uh, uh, we got them. I think we got our season tickets by year four or five. Um, but it was also at that same time, it was in 2011, I retired from the bank. I do call it a retirement party. So retired from, you know, just uh, employed life to now entrepreneurial life. Yeah. Um, so it was in 2011 that I did that. So we built the the nation and the noodle was just kind of starting to, 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 when I say take off now, start operations, um, which, you know, allowed me the resources to not require my nine to five, which yep. was a bigger goal. Uh, than actually getting season tickets. Uh, so we brought those in after the fact. We just reprioritized things. The fact that, you know, I used to have to sneak off for lunches for sales calls or sneak around, you know, and like 
doing all the juggling around <laughs> a nine to five. Uh, you know, it, I, 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 I won that award in 2010 and in April, 2011, I left. So in April, 2010, I was, I won that award at ATB also got Oodle Little Franchise Corp off the ground and our first franchise open and Oilers Nation was like in its th- almost fourth year of operation, third year of operation. Yeah. You were wearing a so lot a of hats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. crazy totally. year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so you might not have been a repeat if you would have stuck around for that award because you were probably distracted a little bit over at the bank. <laughs> I didn't even. I, the funny thing is about that award, as I didn't even. There's a ceremony that you get invited to that's at in, in at, at the the Banff Springs. Yeah. Um, sorry, at, at Lake Louise. It's shot to Lake Louise, and I didn't go. <laughs> like all expenses paid, and I did. I didn't go because I was so busy with all the other things, and they give you this like. They, so they also email, uh, not email you because it's, it's a physical thing. They mail you this frame. that's like president's award winner. And it's supposed to be that you and your photo, the CEO that <laughs> you got from the event that you put it in there. Yeah. So then I just, I drew d- to a stick man of myself and a stick man of Dave Bowen <laughs> handing me my award for that and put that on my desk for four months before I left. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. And, and talking about funny stories, I, I'm, I just love the story about the early days. Um, and it kind of is that, you know, oftentimes as business people, we have to kind of fake it to make it sometimes in the early stages of our business. You literally uh, faked it before you guys made it in terms of uh, the uh, the creation of all these pseudomens that you were uh, basically having conversations on <laughs> with to make it seem like there was activity uh, within mm-hmm. the comment section, uh, right? So tell us a little bit about <laughs> what you guys were doing there too. Well, you know, a lot of people might think you launch a website and all of a sudden people show up to it. I can approve you that is not the case. Yeah. You launched Oilers Nation and then you go check the analytics and there is zero people on site. Um, so it's, it's not just, you know, build a website and they will come. So when we, in the, you know, early days of that, uh, we wanted to create the illusion of community and the illusion of traffic. So if someone did find us, they'd be like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, here's this article. Oh my God. There's 30 comments on this. Oh, like, let's, let's see what's going on. So there was three of us that would write under cheese. Yeah. Four or five different uh pseudonyms and we would just on we'd start a game day thread or a, a game thread uh and just like live chat each other this is this is like the original twitter and just post comments and interact with each other uh just so if someone came to the site and saw the article and saw the comment section they would be like oh okay well this site's legit it's busy look at all these comments yeah and, you know so we did that it would just be the three of us for like i don't know three months and then all of a sudden this name we didn't know would show up and then another one and another one and another one. So we kept it going, kept it going, kept it going until, you know, we hit this kind of critical mass and just like, just, you know, stepping back and just being the three individuals, you know, we're generating hundreds and hundreds of comments. And then people are asking where this person is and where that person is, where have they gone? (laughs) And it's just that we've had to put the digital bullet in them because, you know, we didn't, they weren't needed anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, you basically had to have some sort of spreadsheet or something, I'd imagine, so that you could keep all the personas straight of who they were and whether they were, you know, a fan of what player and who they were going to be riding and so on, right? Yeah, who's the heel? Yeah, who's the heel? Who's the, you know, the stats guy? Who's the, you know, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was funny. And, and, and oddly enough, and this is kind of a interesting, uh, or this nation kind of success story is like one of those first people to enter that conversation. 
uh, in, you know, in terms of just like a real person, uh, he's actually our head of content for the nation. No way. Yeah, that is a great first, story. He was our first hire uh, and he, we hired him to do, run our Twitter because he was such a funny commenter. Uh, and then from there, once resources allowed themselves, we hired him full time. And now he's in charge of, of, of all of content for the nation network. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah, that's really cool. So I, I am curious also about uh, success, right? So you were talking about early on there uh, in the early days, the success was measured on, you know, could you get the, the season tickets and the golf pass and so on. Um, now that you have a $15 million buyout uh, in your rear view mirror, you have, um, you know, all these other businesses that you are involved with and obviously seeing some tremendous success over there with Oodle Noodle and the expansion that's happening there. What does success look like or how do you measure that now when you've had so much success already? What is the milestones that you're trying to, that keep you motivated? Like, why are you not, you know, I know you're passionate about Edmonton, so I'm not going to say, you know, on some island someplace else enjoying the sun, sunshine, but why aren't you on the back rink playing shinny all day long? What's going on? What motivates you now? Well, I still do play hockey three days a week. Um, <laughs> on it, it's, it's, it's the, it's the game. It's the hustle. It's the grind. Um, you know, it's, that's ultimately what, what, what motivates me, you know, the, the nation sale is just a milestone event. Um, and, you know, I, 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 it, it, it does not affect kind of who I am and kind of how I want to be. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still like, I, I'm passionate about all the things that we do and we've done. And just because we've had a liquidity event and sure there's some, there's some financial uh, comfort there now, which is, you know, also nice because there was a lot of uncomfortable days, right? Um, so just to kind of sit back and tuck away and, you know, keep uh, keep hustling and grinding on the other things. Like it doesn't, you know, it's, yes, you know, we build things to sell, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's not what, you know, it's not what's going to slow me down and we're not going to get complacent because of it. Because, you know, we've, we've, you know, I've, I've made bets and I've put my name uh and attached to other things. And, you know, I'm, I'm very prideful of, you know, the things that we do. Um, and then once again, like, I love the things that we do. So I want to see them to the same, uh, you know, milestone event that we took the nation to, uh, or have them be longstanding Edmonton businesses, you know, like, it depends on what it is. Like, this is how I'm geared. I'm just going to keep kind of grinding and hustling. I know I've kind of set a, a timeline internally in terms of like, when do I slow down and kind of pull myself out of ops? And like, I'm slowly been doing that and kind of sitting more in uh, I even, I hate to say the term, but like a visionary role, like, yep. a, you know, and kind of drive like the brand stuff and the high level relationship stuff, which is also, also very important and effective use of my time. Start kind of like, you know, winding myself less and less out of operations. Um, and you also need that to scale. So I'm, you know, slowly working on that, but it's not stopping me getting up in the morning and, continue to grow what we're doing, find more opportunities. Like that's the stuff that fills my cup. It gets the juices going, you know, it, uh, it motivates me to do stuff. And then maybe at some point, a little bit later on, I'll start taking a little bit more time off to maybe recharge, which, you know, as I get older, probably is a good thing. Well, especially with the kids right now that they're coming along. So yeah, that, uh, that changes things. Now I, I'm also curious when you have seen, you know, in a relatively short period of time. I mean, it's it's definitely, 
not an overnight success, Oilers nation, nation, but I mean, it's still in the grand scheme of things, a pretty narrow window of time. So you've seen some really great success there. Does that make it even like more difficult to face into the possibility of failure? Like, is there a greater fear of failure in the other things? Because you've, you know, you're, you're, you're Jay who, you know, sold Oilers nation for 15 million bucks. And so what happens if the next thing Jay does is a failure? Is that more, is there more fear wrapped around that or, or, you know, talk to me how, how you feel about that. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a very uh, interesting common statement. Like, yeah, like it, it does kind of, you know, add a little layer of pressure of just like, okay, well, you know, you've, 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 you've done this, you've now kind of established yourself. Um, so, you know, don't, you shouldn't, you know, you, you, you shouldn't fail now. Like you, you've, you, you've escaped the gravity. You've gone through all the fight. Like you feel that extra pressure, for that because you know you've you now kind of established that one success but the reality is is there's going to be other fa- like we, we still like, we still fail within the nation all the time like we're you know throwing things on the wall or trying to get things off the off the ground that we have to that, that don't that don't hit that we have to you know uh you know torpedo and you know take a hit and understand why so we don't do it again like you know there's failures happening you know with in our world with you know within our different businesses all the time so the thing I, that i do have is like optically like a business ultimately failing is is fearful for me um but that was fearful when i because i had to go through that like, that process with blue chicago yeah i had something i opened i launched i thought i put my blood sweat and tears in and then you know had to had to shut and go through the emotional process so i'm also wired to be like never again uh, will I do that? And so I channel that like grief period to help make sure on the go forward, I persevere and fight through any of those, you know, failures that may have massive implications, you know, fight through those to, 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 to keep things alive. So we can go achieve that level of success. We ultimately believe we can. So, you know, my big thing is just not getting complacent from the fact I've had success um, because complacency is what ultimately can, will lead to failure. Um, so, I, but like I said, I've got that, I've got, <laughs> unfortunately it's that, that, that trauma I point back to where it's like, Jay, you know how you felt when that happened <laughs> and you never again. Right. So and never again meant I'm never going to do business again. Cause I don't want to expose myself to this. Well, now I've gone back into business and it's like, okay, hey, well just never do that. And, you know, understand that if you are failing that you can, you know, ask for help, there's help out there, you know, you can do all these things. So, you know, I still, I still live with that mantra. So yeah, I ultimately always have the pressure on myself to, to not want to fail again, like at a, at a, at a scale failure, I'm failing all the time still. Yeah. Like, and that's fine. And so I'm comfortable with failing. And that's ultimately one of the things I've learned in this is like, you make a mistake and you take a little bit of a hit. That's okay. As long as you're willing to acknowledge it, soon and 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 make you know quick decisions uh to mitigate any any real damage and then learn and go forward yeah 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 well said and and i uh i i think that's something that um you know people can learn from what you just said there in terms of the failure and the pain that you had there and how that has just stuck with you and this is the one thing that 
Um, I've talked to other entrepreneurs about who have also had some failures in their past as well. And we just sometimes can't appreciate how much value there is in the actual failure. Uh, because if it wasn't for that, Oilers Nation might be a very different, you know, company today or right. Like it's it's really interesting what the impact of that has or has had on the trajectory that you found yourself in. Like, like imagine if Blue Chicago did okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And it was just doing okay. And I'm just continuing to kind of fight and slog along and I can pay myself enough to like live. Yeah. Like how long of that cycle would I allow myself to to, to live in before, you know, and how many years would that have been and what missed opportunities? Like I often yeah. look back at that and be like, Holy shit. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I am happy. This went as poorly as quickly as it could. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I look, you know, I look at what I'm doing today and I'm like, it could have curbed and stopped and prevented all of that. And I'm like, and, that, and then I just like, that invokes a whole other uh, you know, <laughs> set of emotions. Right. So, you know, scary it's, that's why it's, it, that's why it's important to kind of fail fast too. Right. Yeah. So, cause once again, it was, it was that. And then like that six month process of like the going through the, the, the grieving process of it to then get me back out and, 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 you know, willing to date again, you know? Yeah. 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 Totally. So now if you could write your younger entrepreneurial self a letter and send it back in time, what would you tell young Jay from 2007, I guess? You know, I would, I, 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 I say the word patience a lot and just, I'd be like, man, be patient. Yeah. Uh, just continue to be patient and just trust, you know, trust now that you've learned that you need to do that. You're doing something that you love that, you know, it's, it's going to give you the, the fire uh, and the, and the energy to do what is needed to ultimately, you know, build something great. Um, and because, you know, you're going to, you're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to hit a lot of obstacles, you know, uh, and, it's, it's the fact that, you know, you're doing something you love that you might be going through something that's really hard and might feel like the world is and, and everything's caving in on you fast. But the fact that, you know, it's something that you care about, you're going to ultimately find the solution to navigate those situations um, to get you to the next step that helps, you know, kind of keep marching you down the path to this vision that you ultimately had. You will get there. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just know that you have it from within because right now, because at that point in 2007, I don't think I have anything. Yeah. I think I don't know anything. I just know that I'm willing to try. And that was ultimately the leap in entrepreneurship, but just patience and like the, the things and the decisions that you're doing are, you know, ultimately going to be good. And they're just going to take time for them to fully get traction and unlock the, you know, the goals that you're ultimately setting for yourself or the vision that you have for yourself for, for, for what you're building. So I know it's kind of long winded, but just, you know, I just, you ask that question and it just like, it's just a flashback goes right. And I just kind of thinking about certain circumstances where, you know, you're sitting back and be like, why am I doing this? This isn't working. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. it's, you know, this, like this, it's this crazy issue. But then like, now when I look back, I'm like, it wasn't that crazy. And like you came, you know, and you look how you dealt with it and how you navigated it. Uh, and got through it like you had you had the tools 
Yeah. And it was ultimately, and it wasn't necessarily the tools, it's just the willingness to do the work to get you through it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and it's, and it's really interesting, I think too, like when we think about reflecting back on time, the problems of the present seem sometimes insurmountable or like just so big anyway. Uh, but when they're in the rear view mirror, they're, they're just little speed bumps um, oftentimes. Right. And so it's having that ability, the experience to recognize that for what it is um, and try to separate that emotion because it can kill you. Right. Or in your case, that actually turned into a, a much bigger motivator for you, you know, which resulted in the success, I suppose. So, so it's, yeah, it's really cool. Well, Jay, I just want to thank you for taking the time today to share your story with our audience. Um, I know everybody who's listening really would have enjoyed this episode um, and gotten a lot out of it. So thank you for doing that sharing. And if, uh, if somebody wanted to connect with you or learn more about you and, and Oilers Nation and some of the other businesses, what, what's the best way for them to connect um, or follow you, I guess? Uh, so LinkedIn, I, oh, I used to be really, really good at LinkedIn, but now I've been getting so busy. The pandemic was such a <laughs> contents of creation savant. Um, LinkedIn's a good spot, uh, for me. Cause I'm, if I'm not creating my own stuff, I'm sharing what our brands are doing at least at a minimum. Yep. Um, so you can see what we're up to, you know, you can follow me on social media, but you're just going to see pictures of my daughter and me ranting about the Oilers. So I don't know if that's, uh, you're going to get any, uh, uh, you know, value from, from those. Those are my, my outlets. Uh, so yeah, follow, follow, follow me on LinkedIn and, uh, you'll see kind of what I'm up to and dad, don't be afraid to reach out. I'm, uh, you'll be shocked with, uh, people who actually shoot their shot and ask me questions. Um, the, the meetings I'll take. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for being such a champion also of, of Edmonton. We didn't get into that part of the passion equation that you have, but for those who are listening, there isn't a guy who's a bigger Edmonton booster um, and supporter of just all things Edmonton than this guy right here. So thank you for, for, you know, really wearing your heart for the city on your sleeve and doing all the things to try to make Edmonton a better place for everybody. Um, and thank you again for the time today. And for those of you who are listening and you enjoyed this episode, you can check out our archives over at amplifyyourbusiness.ca. And you can also find us on all the major podcasting platforms, just searching Amplify Your Business and we will pop up. Until next time, everybody have a prosperous day. And thank you again, Jay. I really appreciate it.